Happy Easter, everybody. I got to tell you, this Easter is just a little sweeter this year, isn't it? I know it's the sunshine, but you know what it is? It's a couple things. One, it's that uh, this is the 20th year our church is celebrating the resurrection. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. And the resurrection is what it's all about. I mean, the resurrection is just the story that because that's true, man, everything changes. Everything changes. Just the rule, right? We say every Easter, if someone comes, predicts their death and their resurrection and actually does it, pay attention to what they say. And that's what Jesus did, right? And so it's very sweet. The other thing that's really sweet is just, man, the year we've just been through. Last year, we weren't able to meet together on campus. We were online, and there were some cool things about that. But we were also all a little freaked out. We were washing, you know, canned goods from the grocery store and all that. Remember that? It was just kind of crazy. And we've been through an incredibly intense year. And for, for this weekend, there's a lot of people who, this will be your first weekend to maybe walk back in to church, maybe come back on campus. And I just want to say welcome and, and, and there's just really one thing I just want you to hear this weekend more than anything else. You are God's beloved. You are God's beloved. And in spite of whatever is going on in your life, whatever you've been through, no matter what you're feeling, none of that can change the fact that he could not love you any more than he does. And he proved that in his life, death, and his resurrection. I really want you to hear that this weekend as we just celebrate this resurrection. So this weekend, I want to talk about a story. It's my favorite resurrection story. It's just the one that, that, that just it speaks to my mind, but more it just speaks to my heart, because in this story, I can feel the love of God. And it starts with a person who's a little out of their mind. You, you've been a little out of your mind this year? Anybody? Anybody sit next to somebody who's been out of their mind and doesn't, should have their, yeah, I understand, yeah. Hey, we've all been there, right? This year has just been a tough year to know what to do and who to listen to and how to respond and how to re- respond and not to react and all the things. Well, this story begins with a woman who's been through some trauma. It's a woman by the name of Mary. And it says this, it says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, and this is Mary Magdalene who's been delivered from oppression and demonic harassment, the one who, who loved Jesus and washed his feet and sat his feet. And, and this is the one who just had her whole world built around Jesus. And then all of her paradigms, all of her constructs, all of her way of looking at the world was torn apart. And, and she didn't know what she was supposed to expect, but she didn't expect this. And so finding reality, finding her feet it's tough. She's a little out of her mind, and, and I can relate. So, so, so Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, and, and why did she go there? And, and what was she thinking? How am I going to do this t- stone, and why am I going? I just got to do something. Hey, have you ever been just kind of going through the motions? You just got to do something? I don't even know what you're doing. I don't even know if it makes sense, but, but, but this is Mary. It says, while she was still dark, she saw that the stone had been rolled away from the tomb. And, and so this is what she did. So she ran and she went and found Simon Peter and the other disciple whom Jesus had loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where we can find him. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to respond. And, and, and it's just this difficult situation. So the other disciples ran to the tomb. They saw, they tried to figure it out. Peter went away doubting and John went away believing. And yet Mary was just left there. And the story ends with Mary just standing there, stuck, a little out of her mind. A little just just froze up. And then that's the season we've been in. This this last year has been a tough season. 
It's been a season of disappointment. Have you had something that you were counting on, looking forward to, and you weren't able to do it? You weren't able to experience, and it might have been a graduation, it might have been a, a, a wedding, it might have been a thing you thought was going to be a certain way, and now it's just not. That's profound disappointment. Mary would understand. It was a season of grief. I mean, we've all lost something, and, and in this season when we lose things that we just thought were going to be a certain way, that's destabilizing, that's unsettling, that, that just brings us to a point where we're just standing outside the tomb and just wondering what in the world and where do I go and what do I think. It's a season where strong foundations were swept away. We, we maybe believed some things a year ago that maybe we don't believe right now. And maybe we, we counted on some things and believed in some things and some people maybe that we're not sure we believe them anymore. And because of that, we find ourselves a little wobbly on our legs. We, we thought we were on rock. It turns out in some areas we might have been on shifting sand. It's been a season of isolation, right? It's been a season where we've been afraid to get together and we probably couldn't get there and shouldn't get together and all the different things that we're feeling. And unfortunately, for some of us, we got kind of used to it. We kind of leaned into it. We got comforting. We started coping with things rather, using things to cope rather than finding strength from people. It, it was a season of emotional and mental exhaustion. Every week trying to figure out, okay, how am I supposed to respond? Are the kids in school? Or are the kids not in school? Am I supposed to go to work? Am I not supposed to go to work? If, if I am one, next to a person who has COVID, or do I quarantine? Or if I'm a friend of a friend's uncle who has do I quarantine? And just all the different things we were trying to figure out. It was just exhausting to figure out all these things. And, and, and the word that I've been hearing a lot from folks, as I've been just asking the, the question, how are you doing? Fine. And I said, no, really, how are you doing? You know the, the word that's come up just a, a surprising amount of time is numb. I'm numb. I'm just, I'm just numb. And we're feeling numb. We're feeling lost. We're feeling cynical. And in some respect, a lot of us are feeling adrift. And you know what else it's been? It's been a season of shame. It's been a season where we've just been heaping shame on each other. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I ride on this, this giant, just imagine a giant rope swing. And on one side is, 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 is I'm full of myself and my opinion, and I got all this pride. And then, and then I'm just telling everybody what I think and why I'm, and then I swing over here to this other extreme of just hating myself, and I'm so stupid, and I'm horrible. And, and in one, one moment of thought, I can be full of pride and then full of shame. And, and, and here's the deal. We've just got kind of a culture right now of shame, of telling everybody what we think and why they're wrong, and, and you shouldn't, and you this, and shame on you, and look at your past, and look at this, and cancel culture, and all that kind of stuff like that. We have been giving and receiving shame. And, 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 and you know, the biggest people what we tend to shame is ourselves. Okay, so, so again, what I want you to hear more than anything else this weekend is that you are the beloved. God could not love you more than he does. And if you're feeling a little discombobulated, if you're feeling a little out of sorts, if you really don't know what to do in some areas of your life, and, and you're feeling mentally and emotionally and relationally exhausted, you know what? Don't shame yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Be kind to yourself. We have all been through a very traumatic season. And, and we got to give grace to each other, but we also got to give grace to ourselves. So, so like Mary... We're all a little out of our minds. But, 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 but when we do that, one of the things we've got to protect against is deflecting hope. Have you ever deflected hope? I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I just get in a bad mood and, and I just want to be there. 
Have you ever been there? And, 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 and I will just twist and turn every bit of hope that God, I mean, encouraging thing. I will find ways to find the most toxic way of receiving things, people say. I will twist them in my mind. Because here's the deal. When, when we get in some kind of a funk, whether it be that I'm hurt or I'm angry or I'm afraid, or, or I don't want to keep going on this, we can wrap ourselves up in this blanket of whatever you want to call it, despair or whatever, and then we can start deflecting hope. Other times, we just can't find our way to hope. So, so watch Mary as, as she deflects hope, because of course what happens is Jesus comes, and he's risen from the dead. It says, uh, so the disciples go, and it says, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And sometimes we're just stuck there. We're just stuck there. And listen, if you're stuck there, be kind to yourself, okay? And you say, have you ever said this to yourself? Oh, I feel this way. Why do I feel this way? I'm so stupid for feeling this way. I shouldn't feel this way. There's a rule, and this is, guys, marriage. This might save your marriage. Here's a rule, just relational rule. It's just true. Do not tell people how they should feel. Okay? If your wife comes back, I'm so angry. You shouldn't feel angry. You, uh, okay? If your kids come in and they say, I don't really want to go to school, that's so dumb. Don't feel this way. Feel, you know, what you do with feelings, you take a step back and you let them express and you validate feelings. Maybe you don't validate the point. But the point is this. Listen, don't tell yourself how to feel. Because here's the honest truth. We really can't control how we feel. And so to deny it, to shame it, to push it down, not a healthy thing. So what am I supposed to do with my feelings then? You're supposed to let them come up, express themselves, let them do their work, say what they have to say, and then they just kind of work themselves out. And, and so, so Mary is stuck in this thing of weeping at the tomb. And if you're stuck right now, just be kind to yourself. So she's weeping outside the tomb, and she wept and stooped and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting there, body of Jesus had red lane, and one at the head and one at the feet. And so, wow, angels, this has got to be good news, right? Okay? She doesn't receive it. She can't see it. She's lost in the weeping. She's lost in the despair. She's deflecting hope. And so even good news is something she can't receive. Verse 13. And they said to him, woman, why are you weeping? Now, what I want you to notice is that the angels in Jesus show up and they ask questions. Because that's just so beautiful that, 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 that the answers are inside of Mary. The answers are there for her to discover. And, and they could have just told her, but instead they ask her. Because here's the deal. When you tell someone, they got a chance of finding it and embracing it. But when you ask them and they answer it for themselves, they own it. And so, so notice, why are you weeping? And that's just a good question, isn't it? For us to ask why am I feeling this? What's going on? Instead of denying the feelings and the anxieties, what am I feeling? What's going on? Why is it like this? And then all of a sudden, you just start saying to yourself, wow, okay, well, I lost this. This has changed. This is uncertain. This is difficult. This relationship is strained. Well, I got some legitimate reasons for feeling a little lost. And then you give yourself permission to be where you're at, and then when you know where you're at, you can maybe find your way home a little bit. And so the question is why you... That might be a good question for, for you to ask right now. Why am I feeling and experiencing what I'm feeling? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not wear, they have laid him. Now that's the second time she said that. You ever get stuck on something? You don't understand. It was going to be like this, and I had it all planned out, and this disappointment... Yeah, but look at this and this. No, 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 you don't understand. This and this disappointment. Yeah, but, but actually that would have been bad. And this is, no, 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 this disappointment. 
and this loss and this thing. You ever been in an argument with someone and they just can't get over this one little point? They've just parked there. And there's nothing you're going to say. And maybe you've been the one who's parked and you're feeling, I'm just determined to be upset, okay? I was once having a discussion with someone and I was, I was in uh, tired and not in a good place and, and I was focused on this thing and the person who was very wise and very loving finally said to me, he said finally, well, Paul, do you want me to actually answer your question or do you just need to be mad right now? That made me mad. <laughs> but then it also got me to catch my breath and realize I'm parked on something, on some past disappointment, on some loss, on something that I've obsessed about. And all I'm doing is listening to more stuff about it, and I just get hung up. So, so, so she's hung up on this, and she's deflecting hope. Have you ever deflected hope? Maybe some of you have been deflecting hope. You even rolled in here this morning, a little cynical, a little whatever, you know. But, 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 but there's hope here, if you'd find it. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. Better, right? Okay, problem solved. And yet she can't see it. So often, the thing that is going to bring our healing, the thing that's going to explain the struggle, the thing that's going to put things in context is right in front of us, but our minds and our hearts, and, and let's be kind to Mary, and let's be kind to ourselves, because she's been through trauma, we've been through trauma, okay? So having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know it was him. How could she not know? She sat at his feet, she knew his face, she loved him, she gazed at him all the time. How could she not recognize that? Well, because... Trauma does stuff to our hearts and our minds and gets us stuck. Wow. Okay, so we're going to be kind to Mary. And who else are we going to be kind to? We're going to be kind to ourselves. Okay. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Another question. Same question. Why are you weeping? What's the problem? What are you focused on that's keeping you from seeing hope, deflecting hope? Whom are you seeking? Ask another question. What are you looking for? Isn't that a good question? What are you looking for? I mean, what were you trying to get out of this? I mean, even to take a step back and say, what if nothing happened that happened this last year would happen and I just keep living the same way? Is that really what you want? I mean, what are you actually looking for? And, and, and maybe God's plan is such that, that he's doing some stuff in me that explains some of the crazy stuff that's going around around me. So, so why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener. Because you can just see her. She's, just, she's not even focused. She's just looking around. She's in that manic kind of trap state of, of fight, flight, or freeze, you know. Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where he has laid, and, and I will go. Uh, uh, tell, uh, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him uh, away. And so she said, just, just i got to do something. And, and many times that's the way people, some of us, handle these times of uncertainty. We just go harder. We move fast. We just keep moving. And just like God wants to get a hold of us and grab us by the shoulder and shake and say, just sit down and settle down. That's why so many times in the scriptures, the commands of God are things like be still and know that I am God. That's why the very first command that God gave his people, do you know the very first command he gave when he called them to Egypt? He said, go into the wilderness and rest and worship. Very first thing he told his people, I want you to find, be defined by rest and worship. Because the only way you can really rest on every level, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, is if you have this incredible confidence that there's a God who is good, who's taking care of stuff. So he's working even if I'm not. But if, you, if, you, if you're all about yourself, you're all about the problem, all about this thing, deflecting hope, you find that you just get a little lost, a little out of your mind. And so we're a lot like Mary, aren't we? It's been kind of that year. Here's just something that I just think is important to understand, is that God does care down, 
but he tears down only to build back up. And, and this is for many of us has been a year where God has kind of pulled down the foundations. He ripped down the wall. We were leaning on that wall. We were counting on that wall. And what the heck happened there? But here is what the world does. The world tears down to destroy because it's full of evil and hate and wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But God will tear down a wall because he knows the wall is not going to be strong enough for you to grow and become more significant and still be able to lean on it. And so he will tear down that wall. He will carefully set aside the bricks of that wall and he will rebuild something bigger, better, stronger that you can lean on and then other people can actually lean on you while you're leaning on it. And so, so often what we got to come back to is just the remembrance that God is playing a long game. He is making an investment in you. His plan is that you be predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. He is making you something glorious and beautiful, and he believes in what he's doing in you. He believes in what he's making you. He is excited about it. He delights in it. You are his beloved because of he's just good and he loves, but you're his beloved because he sees what you're going to become, and it's absolutely wonderful. But part of that process is a process, and this is called learning, actually, or maturing or discipleship. It's a never-ending process of tearing down and building back up. And, and when the, the tearing down is a lot and dramatic and unexpected, it's traumatic, But that's why we come back here. You know what brought the healing to Mary? It's when she realized he still knows my name. It was the relationship. It was the relationship. Watch this. This is one of the most beautiful, beautiful, most intimate moments in the entire Bible. It says, just picture Mary running around, looking for bodies, deflecting hope. Jesus said to her, Mary. He just simply said her name. He simply said her name, said Mary, and, and she turned and she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And I tell you what, Jesus is doing some pretty important teaching here right now, isn't he? And, and just to say it, this last year, Jesus has been a master teacher. He's been teaching us a lot about why material things don't matter and why the busyness we were choking on a year ago was killing us. And why the, the ways we were coping were, were, were toxic about how we hadn't prioritized relationships in a way that we needed to. He's been doing some master teaching in our life. He's been tearing down some things. And some of the things, it's like you're tearing down good things. But the truth is, he's been tearing down a lot of the things that we had built with our own hands that weren't good. Jesus is a master teacher here. And so it's amazing to me that she calls him teacher here. That, that, that the one who, who is our savior is also our teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but I go, go, look at this, go to my brothers, my brothers. So what does he call us? He calls us brothers and sisters, because we can all now call God Father. He says, go, go to my brothers and sisters and, and say to them, I am ascending to, the, to my Father, look at this, and to your Father. Okay? He's, he's my Father, but now because of the cross and resurrection, he's your Father. He said, I was doing something so much bigger than you understood. My father and your father, to my God and to your God. And so, 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 so he's teaching and showing that, that, that what he's doing is eternal stuff, long game stuff. And, and this Jesus is bringing this unbelievable healing. And this is where Mary receives hope. Look what she says. It says, Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he has said these things to her. And he went back and she repeated it and she found hope. And so this Easter season, I just want to challenge you with some simple, simple next steps. Three simple next steps. Are you ready? 
The first next step is going to be the hardest one for some of you, okay? Be kind to yourself. Quit shaming yourself. Quit telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this. I shouldn't be struggling. Some of you may be saying, you don't understand, Paul. I've been trying to get going. I've realized a lot of this, but it's just so hard right now. Listen, if you're moving slow, you're moving. Okay, you're moving. And, And here's the thing about it. Our father is a kind father. He is not like a father dragging a little kid going, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Just learn to walk yesterday. Some of us are learning to rewalk, right? And, and so he's not dragging a song. God, listen now. Some of you, this is what you need to hear this weekend. God is a good God who does not expect you to go faster than you can. He's better than that. And he's not disappointed with you. He's not ashamed with you. He's got a plan. He's actually using the struggle. To, to do things in you that are more important than the things that you're doing around you. And so be kind to yourself. Give yourself some time. Give yourself some break. Do some good and healthy things for yourself. You know, and, and please, as things start loosening up with pandemic and all that, and we're all praying and we're all believing and we're all hoping, we're all feeling optimistic, don't fill your life with the stuff you filled it with before. The busyness and the materialism and the isolation and the, the media and all the stuff. Just be kind to yourself and do some good things for yourself. Second thing is is try hope. Some of you have been deflecting hope because you got hurt. You got hurt and you just you've embraced cynicism, you're a little numb, you're 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 still angry, or or, or maybe you're afraid. Whatever it is, try some hope. Try looking at something in a different light. Try talking about things in a positive way. If you find yourself in a toxic thing of thinking. And, and telling yourself stories and negative, just shake your head a little. Sometimes I literally shake my head and say, come on, Paul, don't tell yourself that story. It's a bad story. Why would you want to tell that story? Tell a good story. Because you tend to move towards what you focus on. So if you're focusing on bad stuff, you can move towards bad stuff. You focus towards life and health and good things. It not only will change you, it'll change the way you're acting with people. People are drawn to people of hope. And right now we could use some folks who are just speaking hope, speaking life. So try hope. And then the third thing I just want to challenge you with is hear him say your name. Hear him say your name. He still knows your name, okay? And, and he sees you running around. He knows what you're feeling, and he gets it, okay? Uh, he, he, he lived a remarkable emotional life. The, the emotional spectrum of Jesus' life is gorgeous. It's human. It's beautiful. And, and he fully lived it. And, and, and here's the deal. He still knows your name. And there will be some times, I just predict this, this next week, even in this message or, or throughout the day, where, where you'll just be reminded of God. I mean, I was fishing, and that's why I call my boat the Word, so I can say I've been on the Word all day. And so, I, I, but the truth is, when I'm in my boat and I'm on the water, just, I hear my name. Okay? Uh, there are some times where I'm doing what I do here, I'm getting overwhelmed, and all these voices, and all the people want this and that and that thing, and just kind of thing. And, 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 and he'll just come and he'll just say my name. I'll, I'll be reminded of his goodness. I'll, I'll be, you know, throwing a ball with my dog, and just beautiful dog, and see the dog, and, and, I, and I'll hear my name. And, and I can deflect that. I can say, that's just sentimental. Uh, there have been times of difficulty, times of good, but there'll be some times where God will remind you, and, and you will just feel this next week. I just believe the Holy Spirit's going to do this. You will just feel the goodness of God. Lean into that. It might be a song. It might be a scripture. It might be a friend. It might be just something. You look at our home and say, look at all we have. How blessed are we? My goodness. And, and we just got through this year. We did it. We're, we're kind of tough people. And, and try some hope and then hear him say your name. And recognize that goodness that is all around us. It is the voice of God speaking to you. 
So I just want to end my time with just a, an experience of prayer. Just go ahead and close your eyes, would you? And just put your hands in front of you flat out as though you're just open to anyone taking anything out of your hand or putting anything in your hand. And, and let's, just, let's just quiet our soul for just a minute. This Easter Sunday, Lord God, when we remember that you are our God. You are our God. That Jesus said, he, he, you are his God and you are our God. And, and that you are his father and you are our father. We just admit that we've been carrying stuff. We've been through stuff and we hadn't even made sense of it all, Lord. We're feeling a little numb. We're feeling a little lost. We've, we've, we've got foundations that have been shaken, things that have been torn down. And, and we just admit we just need you. And um, we just say, whatever you want to take out of our hands, take. If there's some fear, some resentments, some unforgiveness, if there's some anger, if there's some cynicism, if there's some just whatever, numbness, and all these things make us feel numb, just whatever you want to take, Lord God, we just ask you to take that. And, and just put in our hands whatever you want to put in our hands. Just help us, Father, to just embrace the hope you would put there, the love you'd put there. And more than anything else, with our hands open to you, would you just give us the courage, the ability in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit to just receive right now that we are your beloved. We are loved by you. Father, just, man, take out of our hand any shame that we've been dealing out or we've been receiving, that we've been putting on ourselves, or just take it away. And, and just let us receive that we are the beloved. And just remember that because the tomb is empty, because the, the, the love of God has won, we are the beloved. That our future, no matter what the short-term future might look like, our long-term future is glory and goodness and hope and healing and love and relationship and, and eternity. And let us just receive that. And, and, and just give us the courage, give us the ability, the healing we need to receive that, to not deflect the hope, but just receive it. And in this moment, would you just remind us that you just would say our name. And you would say, you are my beloved. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.